there are lots of lousy businesses, and there's lots of wonderful businesses. It's the art and science of money. My job has been to try and figure out which is which. It's Hi-Fi Radio from the Global News Radio Studios in Toronto with Hi-Fi Portfolio Managers. Here's Wolfgang Klein and Jack Hartle. Well, thank you very kindly, and welcome back to the show. It is Hi-Fi Radio a show about money right here on Global News Radio 640 in Toronto. I am your host, Wolfgang Klein, and my main man, Jack, of course, is in the studio to uh, help with the cause. Uh, we are going to uh, have Covenant House come in uh, later in the show to talk to us about a very, very important cause, um, homeless youth, and how you can help uh, shelter a homeless youth or many homeless youth uh, uh, support uh, executive sleep, but uh, so that's going to be very, very interesting, uh, and I think emotional uh, and impacting uh, conversation. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, now we try to get Tony Dwyer uh, on the line. He's in New York City. He's our chief strategist uh, with Canic Originality and uh, a regular guest on CNBC. And unfortunately, uh, we couldn't get a good connection. So Jack and I are going to run with this part here solo, but it's not a problem. Uh, so the issue well, is, I say there is lots to talk about with the market that we've seen over the last two weeks. You know, with the, the volatility between you know Toronto and the US and uh, investor sentiment has gone from uh, extreme bearishness I wouldn't say to euphoria but we've had a, a certainly a nice bounce off the bottom um, which is I, nice to see I, and I'm still sensing some despondency uh, p- people are still feeling the 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 bite of October uh, I don't think they're appreciating the the strong rally that we've had so far in November um, and I think there's a lot of naysayers out there thinking it's going to fail and continue to roll. And I watch CNBC a fair bit now. Uh, catch again Tony Dwyer on, on the show. It's great. Uh, but uh, again, when, when the market starts to roll, as you say, Jack, they, they bring out the perma bears and, and, and they shake people. They scare people. Uh, and, and they cause you to do things you really shouldn't do and that is emotionally react at the wrong time. Um, you know, risk, risk is something that you have to have a discussion on. It is not something that should surprise you. Uh, I repeat, risk should be discussed. And that, that is the point about what we just witnessed once again. I, so I think it's a good thing that we had a nice little kick uh, in the butt in the marketplace because it reminds us of the risk in the marketplace. But again, uh, if you don't want to take that approach, uh, how about this approach? Buy quality companies that you don't overpay for and hang on to them for the duration of the bull market. And that's sort of what you and I did. Uh, and that has been the right thing to do for the last nine years. Don't sell your stuff. Hang on to it. Sure, you got to manage your positions. you got to trim your losses. Uh, if something gets overvalued, trip your gains. Uh, but again, this whole flight from the FANG complex, uh, the Facebook, the Amazon, the Apple, the Googles of the world, complete flight out of that, uh, taking Amazon from 2000 bucks down to $1,500, uh, like you know what, through a goose. Uh, and, then and, then, com- and then we saw the midterm elections come out just this week, change investor sentiment, and some of those names, those tech names, those healthcare names, they all had a significant bounce. And a lot of that bounce was on the fact that it's now a split Congress and there's going to be less probable, less probable probability of higher regulation on these high-flying names. Yeah, you know, those two sectors, technology and healthcare, uh, wants to become over-regulated. I, government wants to over-regulate those sectors. Because they're and so strong. Because, because they're, they're so strong. They're absolutely yep. so strong. They're powerful. They're, they're monopolies, so to speak, in their, in their space. And, and government, when they see a monopoly, they want to obviously regulate it. Yeah. So you, again, United Health, a, what a, a benefits provider, uh, operating on very, very thin margins, uh, but dominant uh, in the space, uh, hit an all-time high this week. Uh, stock was up at four percent a couple of days ago, um, and that's because Obamacare is going to continue. They're they're not going to reform that. That's what the Republicans were looking at doing when they first came into power. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were not able to get it through Congress. Uh, they moved on to tax reform, but 
with a split Congress, there's no way that they're going to go back and revisit that. They're actually talking about in- infrastructure spending right now, so, which so, is positive. So let's go back to Jeff Sessions uh, being ousted. Um, Amazing how he affected two industries uh, simultaneously by losing his job. Number one, of course, the marijuana industry, uh, with three states becoming legal and Jeff Sessions being a major roadblock to legalization. But the second one that really caught my attention, and I don't think Canadians can appreciate uh, how American this one is, and that is stocks that are prison stocks. A couple of companies, Geo and uh, there's another one I think called something Civic, uh, Core Civic, it might be Core Civic, I believe the second one, but Geo is the one that I know. They're prisons. And, and they are for-profit prisons. Right. Uh, and they went, down, they, went, they went down on the news. They went down on the news. Trump got rid of them. Yep. And obviously, he's been a hawk on the uh, the cannabis space. Um, and, and as soon as he was gone, Tilray, which is um, one of the largest U.S. Uh, well, it's a Canadian company, but listed in the U.S., it went up 30%. It was insane. It was all within maybe 30 minutes on, on Wednesday afternoon. Yeah, yeah. So no. it, it just shows you how timely and how... Uh, how backwards some people can get it. But if the news is in your favor, there's opportunity in the market. You have to pay attention, obviously, to the news as it comes to you. So, again, the good news is we got through October. Uh, I would say, you know, if you're opportunistic and if you like a sale, if you believe that uh, there's value there, uh, again, the market is about 6 7% cheaper than it was. Now, the Canadian market is about 900 points off its peak, so that's about a 7% haircut. Uh, but it, it's been neandering, Jack, for a couple of years, and you and I know that. So Canada, unfortunately, is a place you want to underweight. I hate saying that as a Canuck, but it's a, it's a fact. The resources, oil specifically, is not getting any love. Not gas a little bit. We are in the seasonal period of strength, so gee whiz, if oil doesn't get moving now, uh, I don't know when it's going to get going. And now, Jack, get, I say that gets back to that investor sentiment that you were talking about, though. Investor sentiment is not euphoric. It's far from it. So there's good value out there. You certainly want to pick your sectors. You don't want to be, buy sectors that are down and out like oil, but they, they do offer opportunities. There's value there. People are still driving their cars. So price does matter. It does. But I don't ask you, Jack, being a rural man that you are. Um, Farmer's Almanac, you, you, you read that, don't you? And uh, what, what's it? What's the forecast for 2018-19 winter? Do you know? I'm hoping it's going to be cold because I'm going to be building. We don't want hope. Probably. No, no hope. That's a four-letter word, my friend. So far, so far, it's been cold. So yep. I'm going to say that probably will continue throughout the uh, the season. But did, did you not read the Farmer's Almanac? I thought you did. No. no oh, I, I, I thought I thought you read the who, who uh, read the Farmer's Almanac and, and gave that a lot of uh, credibility. There was recently. a research analyst that came out quoting the Farmer's Almanac. And oh. what, what I said is, if that's part of your investment process, um, process might be a bit challenged. Well, I'd give that maybe a five percent weight. Uh, you got to give some some I think value to a Farmers Almanac, but what do I know? Uh, you're listening to Hi-Fi Radio on Global News Radio 640 in Toronto. Uh, it is a show about money. I am Wolfgang Klein, your host, Jack Hartle, your co-host. Uh, please stay tuned. We will be right back after this. Don't go anywhere. There's more great show after this. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to the show, Hi-Fi Radio. Uh, I wasn't sure if this was the right radio station after hearing that. But, but no, so that, that was queued up by Brittany the Butcher. She said, well, do something different for the show. I said, all right, you pick something. She's okay, we're going to do something modern. Uh, so, uh, Brittany, qu'est-ce que say that little uh, intro? That was my favorite band, Arcade Fire. Oh, that was Arcade Fire. Oh, oh. They're from, oh. they're from Montreal, eh? They are, yes. Now, are they a good live band? Because I, I listened to stuff very, very brief. I didn't give them a lot of time, but I found them a little snoring. 
Excuse well, me. Well, I'm just saying. <laughs> I've seen them four times. They are definitely not snoring. Their live performance is unreal. Four Lots times. Of lights. They've got like 12, 13 people on stage with them, all instruments. We are talking about instruments earlier. Yeah. Loads of them. Lots of instruments. Yeah, good energy. You know, we are going to have to get uh, maybe Jack Long on or someone from Steve's Music or Long McQuaid. Uh, I like to play a little bit of guitar. I'm not very good at it, but I do play a little bit of guitar. I have all my life. And uh, I said to Jack a couple of days ago, I said, you know, Jack, the, the musical instruments industry must be having a tough go i just have a sense kids aren't playing instruments the way they once were i don't see kids walking down the street with guitars and you know back when i was in high school i remember guys where i was trying to find a space to jam and you know a garage band i think occurred in a garage because of the drum kit it was big and it was loud uh and you, you can't play drums quietly so you know garage bands came i think from that but i don't i don't walk down the street and hear kids you know playing in dad's garage anymore uh, and sure enough i went online and said drum sales down 25 percent electric guitar sales down 25 percent uh you know you got to wonder how these uh, outfits are making money. Now, I will say, from a recording point of view, I do think kids are getting more into recording their own stuff. It's amazing. Uh, I set up a little studio, Brittany, at home in my closet uh, because the acoustics from all of my suits from Classic Imports, it is. <laughs> There's your plug, Jeffrey. Um, but yeah, no, I got a little Mac computer, and for 300 bucks, I got myself a little amplifier, a set of headphones and a microphone uh and i record uh there's a lot of free like audio editing programs you could download like apps yeah you can do it in your closet at home and make something that actually sounds really good it does so so that's that that part of it i get and that's neat but the purity of music i'm i I just love music i think it's just so it's therapeutic and um it's powerful it can influence and uh, unfortunately, my, my children right now, my boys are listening to hip hop. I hate to knock their music because that, that makes it that much more desirable to them. Because dad hates it, that's good. It must be good. Um, but I don't hear a lot of instrumentation going on. I hear a lot of I hear a lot of uh, profanity um, and a lot of uh, lots of beats. Eh. There's some beats in there and there's some anger in there. But, you know, even back in the day, a friend of mine was into angry music. We called it angry music, right? You could call it punk or, you know, metal. We called it angry music. And, but at least he had some instruments going on. Uh, you don't hear it anymore. It's, just, it's, just, uh, it's, it's changed. So, anyway, I'm going to get the, we're gonna have to get an interview lined up with uh, Steve's music. And uh, hopefully uh, there's enough purists out there that can keep, uh, you know, it's an well, art. Well, learning, learning an instrument, like you say, it's an art. There's a big commitment to it. And there's not that instant gratification that I think that youth are looking for today. You know, every time you get like uh, on, on Instagram or on Facebook when you get a notification that someone's you know liked whatever picture you put up there there's instant gratification with that and society has moved obviously towards that and if you want to perfect any instrument it's it's a lifelong uh, it's a lifelong learning process. Yeah, but yeah, again, with, with, with an instrument, it's like hockey, Jack. And again, you're, you're a purist when it comes to hockey, but you don't need to perfect hockey to have fun with hockey. And you don't need to perfect an instrument to have fun with an instrument. And I'm going to say to you, a stock we own, Jack, Google. Uh, Google can help you play an instrument. You go into YouTube, and there's so many videos of, of people showing you how to play any instrument you want. The music you can now download, I mean, like the, the, the lyrics and the notes uh, and the chords, you can actually download for free now. When I played guitar uh, in high school, uh, I used to have to take a bus to a store hopefully they had something in a catalog that you can purchase and it was expensive uh no different than buying a record back in the day where you had a you wanted two songs but you had to buy 12 on the piece of plastic same thing back in the day when it came to music if you want to learn to play a particular song you had to buy the whole book which probably had 15 songs and you only want it once right but again that goes back to that instant gratification so now if you want to listen to a song you just look it up whether you can look it up on youtube if you want or you you can listen to it on spotify you listen to that like you said that that one song it it's is. More convenient, yeah, right? but, but when, yeah. You li- when you listen to it as a record, though, that's how the artist actually meant you to listen to it. You listen cover to cover. Yeah. Right? I yeah. collect records. I have a huge record collection. Yeah, no, vi- vi- vinyl, really vinyl, big right now. vinyl does remain. But again, uh, Jack just used to cut yourself a turntable. And, you know, Jack was excited about his turntable. 
But he was, but, I think, more excited about that that Bluetooth uh, Wi-Fi connection you have and the amount of streaming your case. Like streaming is where it's at. We we had. Right, our I, I don't. I don't have a record collection. I have maybe twenty records, but. Yeah. With with the streaming, you can listen to any artist that you want. Yeah, no, Jack, what and was it's relatively it? cheap. Speaking of record, um, marijuana. Uh, I don't know. Has anyone purchased legal marijuana yet? I have. I don't know anyone who has uh, gone through the Ontario website to buy marijuana. But you did. What did you tell me that you were at a presentation where the packaging must basically be generic, and so therefore to create some kind of branding, they're giving you additional yeah, stuff. The, i.e. records. Health Canada has put extremely, extremely. Um, limited marketing capacity for all these cannabis companies. So there's not much that they can do. Yeah. There, there's so many restrictions and there's so much, um, so little information that you can put on the packaging. Yeah. So so what these cannabis companies are doing, what a good marketer does is they try and get around the restrictions that have been put on. So at point of sale, right now there is no point of sale, everything's online. But once you're able to buy retail at point of sale, they're going to be giving you the marketing package along with the cannabis product. Interesting. Uh, Brittany, do you know anyone who's purchased uh, any cannabis uh, on the Ontario website? No. You do not, All eh? my friends get it the illegal way. But I've looked at it. Um, I would be interested in buying some probably when Canada Post isn't on strike. And I've and apparently they had a they apparently they had a data so. breach too. Yeah, they did. Which has got some people concerned. You were concerned about that, Wolfgang, uh, when they launched, right? Yeah. So the, the privacy and the fact that the government now has your information and potentially, not that they intend to share it with the U.S. government, but stranger things have happened, right? Well, well again, you know, these privacy issues have, have weighed on a couple of our stocks, Jack. Again, we, 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 Facebook uh, it, it took it on the chin, um, you know, over dis, dis, disinformation, shall we call it? Right. Um, similar vein. Uh, Google, always in the crosshairs. Um, who's the other one? Uh, we're going to see Amazon, I think, at some point enter that. Uh, all into the that, social right? media companies where you are the product? Yeah potentially have those privacy issues and concerns. Yeah, yeah. Well, be careful if you're buying online, my good friends, uh, for you just don't know who is watching you. And are they the friendly stranger or not? I don't know. Uh, Hi-Fi Radio, my good friends, we'll be back right after this. Let's take a break. But after, Wolf and Jack will continue their in-depth discussion about money. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. How, how, how did you get involved with Covenant House, Bruce? Uh, you know what? I started as a kid, uh, as a youth worker on the street. I uh, worked actually at that time with the Children's Aid, and then uh, about, oh, I'm thinking seven, eight years ago, I uh, moved over to uh, Covenant House. It's the best move ever. I just love this organization, the work that it does. Uh, you know, upwards of 300 young people coming through our doors on a daily basis, and uh, there's not a day that I don't get entirely why I'm here. Yeah, so, so, so uh, I want to go through some of the facts here of Covenant House. I want to begin with that, um, yeah. because to, to manage Covenant House requires a lot of money. Uh, so how, how many kids did you say you see on a daily basis? How many kids are actually living at Covenant House today? Well, we've got uh, 300 youth coming in every day, 125 of them. Uh, Wolfgang are actually living with us, and another 175 come through the door for what I would call day program because we've got pretty well everything you need under one roof to, to move forward with your life. We've got the emergency shelter. Uh, we've got a, a transitional housing program. We've got a medical clinic on site, uh, school, employment programs. It's massive, and we're right at the corner of uh, Gerard and Young, about a block away from the epicenter for homeless youth, which would be the Eaton Center, Dundas Square, the bus station, and that, right? Yep. Now, and, 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 and so in terms of cost, how much does it cost to operate Covenant House for one day? 
Well, it's significant, man. I, I mean, know. On an annual basis, we're looking at $30 million. And the thing that sets us apart from any other organization that I've ever worked with is that 82% of every dollar we spend uh, comes from donors. Uh, and that is actually really creative because it allows us to be nimble and responsive in a way that most organizations are not. And, you know, since we opened our doors back in 82, 95 95,000 young people have come through those doors. They come from all parts of Ontario, Toronto, Canada, and other parts of the world. Is that right? So um, now you, when you said it cost, it was it $80 million or was it $30 million you said? 30. 30 million. Is that, is that just for Toronto or is that for Toronto, Vancouver? Pardon me? Is that just for Toronto? That's just Toronto. Oh, yeah, I, no, that's so Jack did the Toronto. math here. There's a Covenant House in Vancouver that's separate and apart. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they, they would have a budget that would be about two-thirds the size of ours. But, you know, we, we have, we're open 24-7. Uh, yeah. You know, with that no, number gotta, of you come through the door, it's huge. It is huge. I just did the math. Jack did the math. It's $82,000 a day. You got to it, man. 82000 bucks a day. So, so far, Wolfgang, you've done an amazing job uh, online. You've raised $15,000, which nothing. is, well, it's fantastic. But it shows yeah. you, like you said, you know, eighty percent of the uh, your operating cost is covered by donations. Um, what Wolfgang yeah, did yeah. raising the the fifteen grand uh, is significant, yeah. but it's, it doesn't even cover uh, half a day. Yeah, no, you're not, right. not even. Yeah, so, and, uh, Bruce, I went online, so you've raised um, about sixteen thousand. I'm I'm just underneath you, just just over fifteen thousand. And Stephen, you've raised, if I if I saw the numbers correctly, I think it was six thousand dollars so far. Uh, so which is which is Jack saying it's true. So congratulations to all of us for doing that. But good. Goodness gracious, good Lord, it's not enough to run for one day. No, no, it's not. And, you know, what I, what, and, you know, this is not just a, a fundraiser. This is an awareness raiser. It, it's, it's happening next Thursday. Uh, we're expecting, what, upwards of uh, 70 to 80 uh, top business and community, community leaders to come together. And uh, it's going to be an incredible experience. We're really looking forward to it. But we're hoping to raise in one night over a million bucks. A million wow. bucks. Yeah. And so again, I did the math there. There's a, I counted 55 of us, 55 executive sleepers uh, next Thursday. And yeah. the cold pavement of Toronto will be lying. Um, and so I think it was if, if each of us managed to raise, I think it was 20 thousand dollars would hit the would hit the 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 target of, of raising over a million bucks and, and I again got it. but I a million it, bucks yeah. is good for it'll, it'll 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 run your facility for 12 days yep wow yep. and we I mean, there's 365 of those days in the year my good friend i think it was 365 right or was a leap year but, but the executive sleep out has gained <laughs> a lot of especially in toronto the executive sleep out has gained a lot of traction i think jules clyde uh, was on last year talking about it uh, and the, the amount of proceeds that were raised i think it even um was more than you guys also do it in new york i, I think is that correct bruce that's right, yeah. So I think the, the, uh, there's going to be 16 cities across the U.S. But it seems like the, the Toronto... So, sorry, next Thursday, 16 cities in the States doing it? Yeah. It's all those yeah, old... Yeah. Oh. Even Alaska. <laughs> oh, my... Oh, boy. Is that right, eh? And Florida. <laughs> but it seems like Toronto is one of the leaders um, with this event, from what I understand. Is that correct? We are, absolutely. You're absolutely right. We are, 100%. So, so what, what has caused, the, I guess, the traction and uh, the success in Toronto for you guys? You know what, I, I think it's having people like you. I mean, the fact that Stephen stepped up uh, to sleep out a, a business leader and a guy with some lived experience and Wolfgang to have you uh, join the team. We're just so thrilled. We've got, you know, others like Paul Coffey, uh, you know, 
great, great hockey guy. Uh, we've got the uh, head of uh, Delta Airlines Canada, uh, Stephen Larkin. Uh, we have, you know, a leader from uh, CIBC Global Markets, David Brack, Caroline Papadatos from uh, Loyalty One. And we've had, you know, some significant leadership from uh, chairs of the past and current. You know, you go to Arlene Dickinson, Brian Burke, MLSC has been a huge supporter over the years. Uh, Belinda Stronach. Mandalay. Do you think Belinda's going to donate this year? Oh, Belinda's been a great supporter of ours. She's just super. Yeah? Yeah. yeah, yeah, th- yeah. Th- 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 she's in a little bit of trouble with her dad. Her dad and her aren't getting along too well these days, apparently. Well, you know what? She's uh, stepped up significantly. Good for her. Good for We're her. Really, really grateful. Well, it, uh, that, that's good. Uh, you know, something charity uh, can bring us together. Yep. Right? Yeah. And Look, the w- chief of police, uh, you probably know our current chief, Mark mm-hmm. Saunders, great guy. He's on our board of directors. He'll be sleeping out. And before him, Bill Blair always slept out. Uh, so it, it's just great. It's incredible. That's good news. That's good news. Well, I, I, I'll be there and hopefully it'll be a, a warm or at least a dry night. Uh, yeah, look, we got Bruce Rivers on the line. He's with uh, Covenant House, uh, Stephen Beale. He's uh, an executive who's going to be sleeping out with uh, myself and uh, 50 somewhat other executives in Toronto next Thursday. It's for a very important cause. Um, and you know something? Uh, it'll make you feel good and it'll help your wallet because, well, hopefully you had a good year and made some money. And, uh, well, if you want a tax credit uh give to charity and the more you give the more you get back uh hey if you own some stock that are that are up a lot uh, give the shares uh to the charity and you'll get a deduction for the full amount that's right you won't pay capital gains and the charity will uh, be able to offer you a full receipt for the full gross amount and so the charity wins you win and well revenue canada doesn't and that's okay too i think uh, look let's pay some bills around your hi-fi radio and get right back with bruce rivers from covenant house and Stephen Beale from covenant house as well right after this Listen, we're going to take a break. But when we come back, more money talk. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Welcome back to the show. It is Hi-Fi Radio, a show about money. I'm Wolfgang Klein, and Jack Hartle, my right-hand man and partner, co-host of the show, is in the house to help us do just that, manage money. And part of managing money is, well, when you're fortunate you have money, you must give back. It's just what we must do. Um, it's important. It's our duty. And... Uh, well, we're going to help you do that. We have uh, Covenant House uh, on the line here. Uh, Bruce Rivers, Executive Director uh, with Covenant House, and Stephen Beal, who's a, a first-time sleeper, uh, sort of. Uh, Stephen is also a, a managing partner at a company called Interware. It's a cyber security company. Joined the company in uh, 1984. But uh, next Thursday, him and I are going to be pulling up some asphalt and uh, spending about five or six hours on it, uh, wake up the next morning, and uh, I don't know what we're going to do the next morning. I'm going to do some radio the next morning. I'm actually going to be on Kelowna Radio, guys, on th- uh, next Wednesday, interview me about the event. Uh, I'm going to have to speak to Bruce and get you to, to, to co-host that little hit with me at my little Kelowna radio station to work with, and then on Friday they're going to re-interview me on what kind of mood I'm going to be on the following Friday. But, okay. Stephen, you know, Stephen, um, thank you again for, for uh, patiently uh, hanging uh, hanging with us here. Uh, again, my managing partner, anywhere, you're going to be sleeping on the streets next Thursday, but uh, this isn't new to you. Uh, you, in fact, were homeless, uh, sleeping on the streets of L.A. Uh, as a teenager. Um, what happened, and how did you end up on the streets, and uh, congratulations, and please share with us, how did you get off the streets? 
Well, it was actually Las Vegas. So but oh, I'm sorry. Excuse enough. me. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, I apologize, Vegas. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I think uh, you know, there's a lot of reasons why people end up sort of homeless, and of course, I I had a few issues at the time with my parents, and uh, ended up on the streets, and um, you know, there's a lot of things I went through, and. Uh, a lot of things that were difficult and, uh, you know, it takes its toll on you for sure. And uh, I was lucky enough to get a job opportunity from a distant uncle here in Canada, which, which kind of was my big break. But, you know, certainly uh, a lot of the family members are um, uh, uh, at Covenant House don't have those opportunities. And that's why they sort of depend on Covenant House. Yeah. So you had family that helped you out. Um, let me ask you if I may, please. It's a personal question, and um, you know, respectfully asking the the following: um, Would you say you came from a, a troubled home or a a, a normal home? Uh, I would actually say, say I was lucky enough uh, to be in a normal home. I just, uh, you know, as a teenager, had different views on what I wanted to do, and uh, decided to sort of go go on my own there. But uh, you know, I, I definitely know I had more opportunities growing up than probably a lot of the kids at Covenant House. Because the the point I'm making here is, um, I, I have a client who had his son live on the street for a little period of time, and. My client is a very, very good person, um, but sometimes uh, differences between child and parent occur. Uh, the point is, it can happen to anybody. And, and Stephen, when you were on the street, did you, did you receive assistance from uh, a place like Covenant House until your family member stepped up and, and helped you? You know, I actually didn't, and uh, I, you know, I didn't. I'm not even sure there was a place like Covenant House. You know, 30 years ago when I was. Or well, plus you're you're in, in Vegas. Las Vegas. Yeah, yeah, that's a transient city, uh, so I, I, I could see it being a little bit more challenging to, to have such a uh, facility uh, to, to care for you. Um, it's 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 a you know, gentlemen. It, it, I was thinking about this at length, and uh, the problems that we're going to solve uh, on Thursday are just very very temporary because uh, these problems will always persist, which means our work will never be done. Well, it shows also the importance of giving regularly. So people tend to give, you know, during the holiday season yep. when, when times get cold. But um, I'm sure that Covenant House has a regular giving program where you can give monthly. And we actually had a client um, reach out to us this week and said, you know what, after Wolfgang, uh, you know, brought this to att- their attention, uh, they thought it was a great cause. And they set up, a, I think it was either monthly or a quarterly, quarterly donation. Yep. And it was for, um, you know, uh, a nominal amount, but... The important thing is that they're giving regularly, and like I said, these facilities need funding on an ongoing basis. We talked about it uh, in our previous segment. It was, I think, it's eighty, eighty million dollars. Is that correct for the uh, the overall uh, the annual budget's thirty, but eighty percent of that right, budget sorry. comes from individuals, individuals like you all. Yeah, and uh, you know those small amounts on a regular basis. That's the backbone yeah, of it, uh, Covenant it, House. We couldn't do what we do without it. No, two thousand seventeen is uh, twenty million bucks uh, from donations. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's huge. It's huge. And, you know, not unlike Stephen's uh, experience, you know, we spend a lot of time dispelling myths about who homeless youth are, and they're not who we think they are. They're not out there shirking responsibility or looking for a good time. I mean, it's oftentimes family conflict that takes them to the street, and half of our kids are coming from middle- and upper-income families. So there is no socioeconomic barrier here. Uh, and, you know, our whole focus is to help these young people move forward with their life. So, so 
how how long is a stay for a, a, a an average youth uh, within your facilities? Um, in our then, emergency shelter, we'd have youth that are here for months because of the affordable housing crisis in uh, Toronto. It's really tough to find a place for them. But we now have created an amazing uh, apartment program. We have 42 apartments that we have a head lease on, and we're looking to ex expand that up to 100. But that is a perfect example of where the corporate community, the real estate industry, has stepped up to help us to actually land that. That's right. Bruce, I, I got in a, uh, an email from your outfit, uh, Covenant House. Yeah. Uh, we got Bruce Rivers on the line with Covenant House. Stephen Beald uh, is going to be a first-time sleeper with me next Thursday on the streets, uh, another executive. Um, uh, I got an email uh, from Covenant House indicating that you opened up an additional facility for specifically the sex-trafficked trafficked youth of 16 to 24. You got it. We, we, this has been a huge expansion for us, and the problem's significant. And I think a lot of folks out there think, you know, when, when they hear about sex trafficking, they think, okay, these are, you know, women from, from another place, international. It's not. 90% of the young women uh, that are involved in the industry, there are girls. It's a girl just like a girl you know. And uh, we, we are working with young women 16 to 24 to help to get them off the street. We're working closely with the police and the courts, and we've opened up a new program that will provide them with a safe and uh, stable environment through which they can start to recover. It's a huge, huge problem. We're right now working with upwards of 90 young women yeah. in that situation. The uh, good news is money can help. Uh, you got it. Know, you got it. And the other thing I just want to say, Wolfgang, around the money issue is that the overhead costs related to this event are like minimal. Uh, folks get. Oh yeah, you got me. Of course you're used to it. I'm sleeping in a park cardboard lot. box. Do you have to pay six? Yeah, but do you have to pay six bucks for my little park? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're I, also going to have supper, but you're going to eat with the youth, and you're going to eat exactly what they're eating, and it's all good food. But I'm just saying, you're going to be in our gym. Uh, it's an immersion, and uh, there's no overhead. Yeah. No, it, it's a very, very important cause. Let, let, let's uh, let's keep you on the line here, Bruce. It uh, it hits my heart. Um, yeah, Bruce Rivers uh, with Covenant House. Uh, Stephen Beal, a one time, first time sleeper, and uh, well, we'll see if Stephen makes it for a second year. We'll see if I make it for a second year. I'm not promising you that one either, guys. But I'll continue to promote the cause. Uh, let's pay some bills around here. Get right back to Bruce Rivers, Covenant House, right after this on Hi-Fi Radio. Making money is the best. So how do you make more money? back after this. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Homeless, homeless, moonlight's thinking on the midnight lake. Welcome back to the show. It is Hi-Fi Radio. I'd hate to be homeless. Couldn't imagine. Couldn't do the show. That'd be a drag. Be a real drag. Yeah. Well, we're here to help. Um, got some interesting stats here about Canadians, and uh, I've known this for some time. I continue to uh, come back to it. It is the uh, Canadians of the East who give the most. It's amazing. Uh, percentage of income. Uh, people from PEI give 1.4% of their income to charity. Uh, you know who gives the least? It, this one surprised me, too, because they're good people. They're very warm people, but uh, they are a distinct culture. <laughs> Quebec. 
uh, they in fact uh, give about a half a percent uh, of their income to charity or $130 on average, whereas the people in PI, they give 400 bucks uh, on average. Uh, we in Ontario, we rank number six on the list. We give $360 per Ontarian to charity. Um, now, the one I want to do some work on, Jack, is the the, the real fortunate, because uh, a lot of the real fortunate live in Toronto. I'm talking about the one percenters. I wonder right. if the one percenters uh, really disproportionately give. Obviously, the uber, uber rich, we know that the, the Warren Buffets of the world who are going to bequeath to charity billions. Um, but I'm going to talk about the, the, the person making 500 grand a year in Toronto, because there's a lot of people down in Toronto making four or 500 grand a year. I'm sorry to say there is. Um, do you think they're giving proportionally enough money to charity? Because they're the ones I want to challenge and push. Well, so see, you talk about the uber wealthy in, in the U.S., uh, and one of the reasons why Warren Buffett, Bill Gates, uh, all those multi-billionaires uh, give to charity so much is because there's a tax incentive for them. They do it upon their death, right? There's an estate tax in the U.S. where there's not in Canada. So yep. the government does give them incentive to, to give, give money at death at death to, yeah but they they still give they, they do they still give they, and and, yeah. and on a proportionate basis actually uh, believe it or not the u.s you talk about province or provincial wide who gives the most canada versus the u.s u.s does a lot more donations than canada to charity they do oh, that, that's interesting and it's and, and while the reason is they have incentives right yeah, we have that, tax credits here but they have more so down in the u.s so so we have bruce rivers on the line and Stephen beal on the line Stephen uh, once was homeless um in las vegas uh steven is an executive uh now working in a cybersecurity software company uh bruce rivers executive director at uh, covenant house and uh, well we're really here to talk about um the big executive sleep out that's going to be taking place in this very city next Thursday, 55 uh, suits. Well, she'll take to the street and be homeless for, I guess, six or seven hours. And uh, we're, we're praying for good weather, um, but we're going to be, we're going to prepare for the worst as well. Uh, but, but uh, gentlemen, tell me something. Um, do you know a lot about your donor? And uh, in terms of that one percenter, the, the, the true fortune, the true privilege in society, um, are they giving their fair share? Do you believe Good question. I mean, we've had incredible support from, you know, folks like the Slate family, uh, the Rogers family. Uh, Suzanne stepped up to uh, to uh, help give leadership to a sex trafficking initiative that we undertook a couple of years ago, the Slate family as well. Uh, you know, Christine McGee has been a huge supporter of ours. Uh, there are a number of individuals like that who I would shout out to and commend as, as yeah, the, those are but, you know, but, those are the highest net yeah, worth Canadians I want to talk I want to talk about that person as I said the person making 500 grand or Jack you just gave me the, the, the stats so my intuition was correct my spidey sense is on these days man I talked about the instruments being on a downward trend my spidey sense is pretty good today but no more here, here you go Jack, from Covenant House stats more high income families less charitable giving the number of high income families in Canada jumped 8% 10% and 8.4% amongst 150 150 the 200 grand two to 252 long and short a lot more people making or you know 200 grand plus uh yet charitable giving dropped three to four percent in each category that is a faux pas now i would i'm also going to blame in our country the government because we are so heavily taxing canada uh and when you get over that 50 percent tax bracket it becomes very punitive um right and, but and this, it frustrates us this is a way to reduce tax right? well, that, you talked yep. about it in the first segment with covenant you House, have to and do it. exactly what you said so if you want to if you've got big capital gains some some canadians have marijuana stocks that have you know doubled tripled up 10 times tenfold yep. in the last year a good way to you know not pay tax and give to a, a very worthy cause 
is to donate to charity. Yeah, so donate donate cash, of course, is, is a great thing to give. Uh, every one of our uh, donors has given us cash, and uh, my, my, my highest donor so far is 1000 bucks. I'm going to challenge that one. Um, by the way, I want to see someone give more than 1000 bucks. So, so on, Bruce, Bruce, are, are the yeah. biggest donations that you receive, are they from large capital gains from these very high net worth people, or is it cash donations that you receive your facilities? Uh, it would be a mix of both. I tell you, the backbone of uh, Covenant House in terms of those who give back are, uh, and we spend a fair amount of time studying this, as you might imagine, are women uh, between the ages of 40 up to 75, highly educated, socially conscious, and they give small amounts on a regular basis. Without them, we couldn't do what we do here. We well, that's just well, that's just it. That, that, that's the whole point that I want to make about the the uber wealthy who are incented to give money at death. Bruce, could you imagine if you had to wait for your donors to die before you receive money? <laughs> that that that, that it's sort of sort of defeats the purpose. You're trying to save people's lives, not that, wish that them death. That would not death. work for the three thousand youth that walk through the door. It, 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 would, it would not work for the three thousand youth that walk through no. the door. You need eighty two thousand dollars a day um so you know some people like to sponsor cats i I, i'm more of a fan of sponsoring people first and foremost sponsor both if you want well Uh, especially when it's in your city and it's very local you want to take care of your your family but you also want to take care of your neighbors too right yep 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 Yep. well we're not done with you bruce uh, because the cause is never done my good friend so uh let's pay some bills around your high five rating get right back with bruce rivers from covenant house and stephen beale uh who's going to sleep right beside me uh, on the asphalto, uh, probably what Young Wellesley or something. I'm dreading it. Oh, I'm so dreading it. Please go. Please give. Please make it worth my while. Please, please, please. Covenant House Executive Sleepout. Go to the website. Look for Wolfgang Klein and give. I, I challenge you. Please, uh, over a thousand bucks. Be- beat, beat the biggest donor, uh, which, by the way, was Jack Hartle. Uh, I commend him for that generous man. Uh, we'll get right back uh, at Hi-Fi Radio right after this. Stay with us. There's more shows still to come. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio 640 Toronto. I heard there was a secret chord that David played and it pleased the Lord. You don't really care for music, do Welcome back to the show. It is Hi-Fi Radio. It's a little Katie Lang. Uh, hallelujah. Uh, for the cause of Covenant House, my good friends. Uh, next Thursday, I will be sleeping on the streets of Toronto with uh, Bruce Rivers, a veteran, uh, an outdoorsman, uh, a hardy fella he is, uh, from Covenant House, and uh, he's going to show us the way, eh? Uh, Stephen Beale, you know, Stephen Beale, he's on the line here with us, as an executive as well. Um, but the, for, for a couple of months, he was living on the streets in Vegas. Um, I couldn't imagine spending a couple of days in Vegas. I'm, I'm done with that city after 48 hours. So to actually live on the Vegas streets, I couldn't imagine. Um, fortunately, he found some love in his uncle um, who uh, gave him a job, and uh, he is now a very, very successful uh, cyber security guard, shall I say. That's right, we're in cyber security. Uh, Stephen, I want to thank you very kindly for, for staying with us on Hi-Fi Radio here. Um, uh, Covenant House is all about um, picking people up when they're dead. Yeah, and helping them out. And, uh, well, uh, someone helped you out. Your uncle picked you up a little bit. But uh, please tell us, um, you know, for the, the extremes. You're like the phoenix. Uh, uh, what goes through your mind when you're on the street and, 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 and lose your hope, I think, um, uh, when, you, when you find the grace of God to pick you up? Uh, talk, talk us through that. 
Well, I think, you know, one of the things that was really hard for me is this uh, extreme loneliness you feel where, you know, there's no one really to talk to. And, uh, you know, each day really starts to take its toll. And, you know, trying to find a warm place to sleep and just get some food is, is a whole other issue. But, but what really stays with me to this day is that, that loneliness feeling. And I think a lot of these kids that are on the street, this is what people don't think about. They don't see that, that, that youngster by themselves there and really understand how they're suffering inside and they have no one to talk to. And, and Covenant House has programs that deal with all of those issues. Yeah, yeah. So, so you've obviously, you're a very successful man now, Stephen, and you've uh, picked yourself up just like Wolfgang said. What, what was the, the turning point for you other than your, your uncle, obviously, but how, how, did you, um, how did you turn things around? Yeah, men- mentally turn things around, that's right. Uh, you know, I, well, number one, I was taken out of my, you know, uh, situation where there was kids on the street I recognized, I hung out with, you know, troublemakers, whatever, and I sort of moved to a totally different country where all I did was work for my uncle. And it was just like, okay, you know, whatever happened with you uh, is over, and this is what what I do here for a living, and I actually just took to it, and I was lucky, and I know I was extremely lucky. And and I turned out to be good at it, right? But, you know, I think with the Covenant House sort of job training uh, initiative, I think, you know, uh, I didn't have a Covenant House. I was lucky. But a lot of these kids require that Covenant House, and I think that's that's their break if they can actually get into that job training and, and sort of move forward and find something they want to do so they can learn to live in, independently. Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, Bruce, um, tell me something. The city of Toronto has changed dramatically in the last 20 years. Um, yeah. And again, uh, we spoke about, uh, uh, where, where was the armory on Queen East? Because I was just like, oh, just out in th- Moss Park. Moss Park. I was just out yeah. through Moss Park a couple of weeks ago for a fashion event. Um, very, very cool. It was Toronto Fashion Care, I think it was called. Um, uh, it was a great, great event. Uh, but it was right across the street from that community center in Moss Park, which is a brand new uh, swimming pool, a brand new community center. And, and I said, goodness gracious, this is, this is a brand new part of Toronto. But the first thing that went through my mind was, where did all those people go? They relocated. People have been were relocated. Uh, and you saw vagrants still on the street, so the vagrants didn't necessarily get pushed out, but the low-income housing, most of it is gone. Uh, yeah. so, so the city's changed. So to, to live on the, on the street in any environment is challenging. But is, is Toronto a warmer place today as we're more cosmopolitan? Are we more empathetic or are we well, a bit of a colder city as we're bigger and more powerful? You know, I, I mean, there are a couple of things that come to mind immediately. First of all, is the demands and the needs of uh, the homeless are growing daily. And, you know, the city is recently as a month ago has done an RFP to call for, I think it's 1,500 additional shelter beds because there's been such a demand. And we're full every day, just so you know. We fill up by 2 o'clock every friggin' day. Um, I, so saying that, though, I'm really struck by the heart of Toronto, uh, the willingness of the city to set, step up at all levels. And, uh, you know, once a person comes over and they touch the work at Covenant House, there's hardly a, a soul that's that steps away and says, I'm not going to get involved. And, you know, to Stephen's point, just to, to, to it really resonate in his experience. And, you know, we, we focus on what I call a three-legged stool. We, we focus on stabilizing the housing, education, employment, and then peace of mind. And the research shows if you do that, 
in a dedicated, relentless way with youth, uh, they're going to respond. But the secret sauce of all of it is a relationship, trust, somebody who you can rely upon. That's typically been missing in the lives of the young people who walk through the door. Yeah. My goodness gracious. It's a heavy topic, you know, really is a heavy topic. Well, Toronto, Toronto's a prosperous city too. And we talk about that and it is our duty to give back. And it is. that's what you're doing, Wolfgang. Yeah. That's what Bruce is doing. And obviously and Steven. Steven as well. Right? Yep. And lived through it. same with you, Jack. You supported the cause. I appreciate that. Uh, that's it for the show, folks. Uh, please uh, go to the Covenant Head of the House website, please. Yeah, donate. And listen, hey, Wolfgang, we are so thrilled that you've stepped yeah. up, buddy. This is amazing. Can't wait to uh, welcome you. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Uh, be a member of your family, my good friend. Uh, that's it for the show, Hi-Fi Radio. Uh, please donate, uh, get your tax uh, credit, and uh, trust me, the market gods will look at you favorably. I promise you that. I uh, wish you a good weekend. Uh, speak to you next week. You've been listening to Hi-Fi Radio with Wolfgang Klein and Jack Hartle, Portfolio Managers at Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management. For questions about today's show or any money questions you need answered, email Wolf and Jack at WolfgangKlein.com. Hi-Fi Radio, for the love of money. We'll see you next week.